This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Welcome to Sunday Commentary, a weekly program designed to break open the Sunday Scripture readings. Join us as we listen to God's Word and seek to grow in our love and understanding for the good news in our lives. And now, Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman. The Liturgical Scripture Readings for the Third Sunday of Easter When the captain and the court officers had brought the apostles in and made them stand before the Sanhedrin, the high priest questioned them, We gave you strict orders, did we not, to stop preaching in that name? Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and want to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles said in reply, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus, though you had him killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to grant Israel repentance and forgiveness of sins. We are witnesses of these things, as is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. The Sanhedrin ordered the apostles to stop speaking in the name of Jesus and dismissed them. So they left the presence of the Sanhedrin, rejoicing that they had been found worthy to suffer dishonor for the sake of the name. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Responsorial Psalm I will praise you, Lord, for you have rescued me. I will praise you, Lord, for you have rescued me. I will extol you, O Lord, for you drew me clear and did not let my enemies rejoice over me. O Lord, you brought me up from the netherworld. You preserved me from among those going down into the pit. I will praise you, Lord, for you have rescued me. Sing praise to the Lord, you his faithful ones and give thanks to his holy name. For his anger lasts but a moment, a lifetime his good will. At nightfall weeping enters in, but with the dawn rejoicing. I will praise you, Lord, for you have rescued me. Hear, O Lord, and have pity on me. O Lord, be my helper. You changed my mourning into dancing. O Lord, my God, forever will I give you thanks. I will praise you, Lord, for you have rescued me. A reading from the book of Revelations. I, John, looked and heard the voices of many angels who surrounded the throne and the living creatures and the elders. There were countless in number, and they cried out in a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches, wisdom and strength, honor and glory and blessing. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea, everything in the universe cry out, to the one who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor, glory and might forever and ever. The four living creatures answered, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. 
At that time, Jesus revealed himself again to his disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. He revealed himself in this way. Together were Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, Nathanael from Cana in Galilee, Zebedee's sons, and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, We will also come with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. When it was already dawn, Jesus was standing on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, have you caught anything to eat? They answered him, No. So he said to them, Cast the net over the right side of the boat, and you will find something. So they cast it and were not able to pull it in because of the number of fish. So the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he tucked in his garment, for he was lightly clad, and jumped into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, for they were not far from shore, only about a hundred yards, dragging the net with the fish. When they climbed out on shore, they saw a charcoal fire with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you just caught. So Simon Peter went over and dragged the net ashore, full of 153 large fish. Even though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come, have breakfast. And none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they realized it was the Lord. Jesus came over and took the bread and gave it to them, and in like manner the fish. This was now the third time Jesus revealed to his disciples after being raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Simon Peter answered him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. He then said to Simon Peter a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Simon Peter answered him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. Jesus said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was distressed that Jesus had said to him a third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Amen, amen, I say to you, when you were younger, you used to dress yourself and go where you wanted. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you to where you do not want to go. He said this signifying by what kind of death he would glorify God. And when he had said this, he left. He said to him, Follow me. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, Kevin, we are celebrating the third Sunday of Easter. Still part of the Easter season. Exactly. It is the season and Christ is risen. Alleluia. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. And, and today is also a fun day. This is the uh, weekend of May 1st, which we traditionally associate with May Day. Uh, of course, that's typically a, a spring festival or a public holiday. It's often associated with springtime fertility, whether that's the soil or livestock or people. It's, of course, been celebrated since pre-Christian times. But Carla, one of the things I really love about our faith is how we have also devoted May is a special month to devotion of our Blessed Virgin Mary, our Mother of yes. our Lord and Savior. So yeah. this is the month of Mary. In fact, today's May Day, right? It is. Yes. It is. So what a wonderful month we have to celebrate the Mother of our Lord and to continue to ask her for her intercession. Well, let's go ahead and move into our readings. I want to give just a little bit of a brief background here. 
So the apostles were, they were arrested and put into prison. They were miraculously freed. And then an angel told them to go and preach in the temple. And then that's where we pick up today's reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just like you said, they were, the apostles were arrested, they were interrogated, and then they were released by the Sanhedrin. And Peter and the apostles, they rejoiced that they had been found worthy to suffer dishonor for the sake of the name. This image of Peter standing strong in the face of persecution is a stark contrast to the image of Peter who cowered in fear at the time of the crucifixion. This new version of Peter is a result of having been transfused with the power of the Holy Spirit on the first Pentecost. And the Holy Spirit continues showering supernatural gifts upon God's people. The same graces that transformed Peter from an ordinary fisherman into apostle extraordinaire can transform us also. Growing in grace and virtue doesn't make us fearless. And it doesn't make pain and suffering magically disappear. And it's not going to prevent us from encountering hardships, but it will help to build up in our hearts and our minds a firm disposition to do what is right and good and just despite the painful and difficult circumstances that we encounter. Yeah, exactly. I love how you really hit that it gives us that disposition, that mindset, that fortitude to really continue to stand for truth. I I love that. That's And because we see that in the first reading here where Peter answered and said, we must obey God rather than men. And I want to spend a little bit of time that really struck me this time, really trying to address the uh, topic of religious freedom in our country today. Um, And not only provide maybe a context to today, but also how the Christian religion really set the foundation for our government and our civil institutions in this world, in our, in our country. Uh, I think it's no surprise that our culture today is openly hostile towards religion and religious people. Putting uh, it mildly. <laughs> trying, trying to be charitable on the, on the airwaves here. Uh, but we do see that college and university policies, how Christian speech is actually deemed hateful propaganda. Exactly. Uh, laws during COVID, we had the shutdown of religious worship and ac- access to our sacraments. Of course, the larger society today, tearing down of statues, crosses, trying to remove Ten Commandments. So looking at it from a today's perspective, how is religious freedom viewed today? And this is something from the Population Research Institute written a number of years ago. And, and it basically summed it up this way. It says, in the contemporary mind, religious freedom is nothing more than the freedom of private worship. This line of thinking holds that as long as you're not dragged off to jail in handcuffs for going to Sunday Mass, your religious freedoms have been respected. However, the freedom to live one's faith in daily life as a full participant in society, in other words, the freedom to exercise one's religion, has gone the way of the rotary phone. So yep. for our younger people, that was actually a device we used to communicate with. <laughs> but that, that's the way today's society yeah. looks at religious freedom. But yeah. that was not always the case. Remember that we are a Christian nation founded on Christian ideals. Um, And I'd like to actually bring in some quotes from our founding fathers. Uh, This is from a book called The Christian Life and Character of the Civil Institutions of the United States. And some of the quotes here, there was a Robert Charles, and this was back in 1848. And he wrote, it may do for other countries that the governments talk about the state supporting religion. Here under our free institutions, it is the religion which must support the state. And he quoted another person. He says here, 
The object of government is to enforce among individuals the observance of the moral law. And states are prosperous in proportion to this object attained. But the only effectual sanction of this law is the Christian religion. Hence, a government which rejects the care of religion is guilty of folly. And I think that's important because Christian moral law must be the foundation for a just government. And what does that government, what is important for that government to maintain? And this is what it's seen. This is actually from the House of Representatives in Massachusetts, and this was back in the 1880s. It says here, they went to the very, and they're talking about the House of Representatives and the, and the religious uh, nature that day. They went to the very foundations of society, show what the natural rights of man were and how those rights became modified when men gathered into communities and how law, all laws and regulations were designed to be the good of the governed, that the object of concentrated power was to protect, not invade personal liberty. And when it failed to do this, an oppressed instead of protected, assailed instead of defending rights, resistance became lawful, nay, obligatory. And so I think that's a beautiful realization that we as a the government and our religious freedoms today it's not just the fact that I can go to Mass. It's the fact that our government is set up to protect these religious liberties. It's to protect our freedoms and not the other way around. Right. Now, of course, as we become more secular, we have become less free. And so we realize that we really need to exercise the love of God and the love of country in our society today. You're right. Yeah. Well, having used most of our time today discussing religious freedom, <laughs> we will go and just make a quick comment about the gospel. I, I love here how Jesus asks Simon three times, do you love me? It was that chance that chance to proclaim him three times after denying him three times. But I think it was more than just asking those questions. And I, I like the idea of what Stephen Ray wrote about this uh, he said, the word feed literally means to feed or figuratively to teach, to promote in every way the spiritual welfare of the members of the church. The second word tend means literally to tend the sheep and figuratively to govern or rule. So Jesus appoints Peter as the universal shepherd of the whole flock. But remember, Carla, there's two sides to every coin. When Jesus commands Peter to govern his sheep, he implicitly commands the sheep to submit to and obey the universal shepherd. And yet in the gospel here, we see at the following line, what Jesus says, no matter how well or how poorly you follow me sometimes, he says, follow me. No matter how many times we deny the Lord, his command is always the same. Amen. Alleluia. You've been listening to Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman. Produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.